I'm your host, Fraser Bailey, and welcome to the VegUp Podcast, where we talk mindset, psychology, plant-based nutrition, lifestyle, and big dreams. So if you want to get your head in the game, level up, and become the best version of you, listen in. Let's go. What is up, guys? Season three is upon us. Season three. So we're over 50 episodes into the game now with this VegUp podcast. And I've had time. As you know, there's been a a gap of time between uh, season two and season three, obviously. We've been really busy. We've been traveling through New Zealand at the start of this year, the time of the recording of this podcast end of 2021 um, we spent the first six months in New Zealand visiting family traveling and then other six months when we came back we went up to Tennessee to the beautiful Smoky Mountains traveling around East Tennessee looking for some rural land to buy so we've been in our RV for a bunch of time we are now back down in Louisiana for Christmas before we head back up to Tennessee uh, for the remainder of 2022 to find that piece of land that we want to build a beautiful house, uh, a homestead, so to speak, a garden, orchards, all this cool stuff. So many cool things that I want to share with you guys in the pipeline in terms of where we're going with VegUp, the type of content we're going to be producing, all of that good stuff. But, but I was thinking, how do I start off season three? And I want to start off with something spicy, something a bit spicy for you guys. I want to talk about COVID. I want to talk about mandates, vaccine mandates, the vaccine, masks, mask mandates, COVID. It's a spicy topic, isn't it? It's very polarizing. Definitely one that uh, gets a lot of polarity on social media, one that everyone has very strong opinions on. And it's clear that it's, it's very divided, right? It's clear that it's very divided. And the reason why I wanted to start off season three with this spicy episode for you is because one of the themes moving ahead for myself is going to be this theme of getting your house in order. And what do I mean by getting your house in order? I mean, just getting to become the strongest most capable, most resilient version of yourself. So that means getting as strong and athletic and as fit as you can. It means just building very good relationships, very good networks with people. It means cultivating uh, a good business. If that, if you're an entrepreneur, it means just up leveling in all these different areas of your life. So in one way, shape or form, this is going to pertain to you. And so the theme of getting your house in order why? Why is this important? Have you ever heard of the line before, I would rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war? Now, you can take that metaphorically speaking. You could take that literally speaking. You could take it as both. But I would rather have precautionary factors in place. I'd rather be prepared as much as I can. I would rather be ready for whatever life could throw at me and be as confident and strong and capable to handle life cur- life's curveballs as much as possible than to be blindsided and unprepared for my family and for myself. 
right? So this is really, really important stuff. And this is going to tie back to nutrition and training and health and all these different things. So this one is going to be one part, I guess, rant, not even so much a rant, just me expressing what's in my heart, me expressing what's been inside me for so long. You guys probably know, like I don't post a lot about this on social media. I've kept my thoughts to myself for the most part, only because I'm one of these people who often can see truths in multiple perspectives. I can see the truth on one side. I can see the truth on the other side. I can see relevance in one argument. where, And at the same time, I can also see flaws in that same argument. Whereas most people tend to fall into one of two buckets. They see all the arguments on one side and they fit the mold perfectly on one end of the spectrum or they flip onto the other side. And you can apply this to whether you are liberal or conservative or whatever, where you're, you're pro-mandates or against them. And I find that I often can critique myself and see challenges in my own thinking. And that's why I've often been reserved with what I want to share because sometimes I don't even really know. I don't consider myself to be an expert, but I do consider myself to be a researcher, someone who feverishly learns. If you've listened to any of the podcasts in season one or two, where I talk about hormone systems, biofeedback, brain, you know, psychology, anything, you'll know that I've spent years and years trying to learn to understand the human body, the human mind, operating systems, why we do what we do, behavioral systems, all kinds of things. And so I do consider myself a student and an avid learner and someone who likes to take the scientific model and try to disprove theories. I like to look at something and then say, where are the flaws in this thing? How can I disprove this? That is how science should be done. Science should be done from a perspective of you have a theory or a hypothesis and you need it to be challenged and critiqued to try and invalidate that theory. And you should be open for discussion with your peers about them critiquing and trying to find holes in your theory. And what I've noticed in the world today is that there's an absence of this scientific method. What I feel like we are seeing now is what's more like scientism. Scientism is this, this religion that science has all the answers. And that if something has not been verified in a double-blind placebo-controlled trial, therefore it doesn't exist. And I don't believe that. I don't fall into that category. Yeah, I think science is important. But science is a measurement system designed to be proven wrong. And we try and prove these systems wrong to then discover what is the truth. What is the current truth as we know it? And I've had challenges in conveying my my views on COVID, on the mandates, on the vaccine, because of the industries and the niches and the movements that I find myself within. So I want to be honest with you guys and share exactly where I'm at. And maybe you'll resonate with this. Maybe you won't. But at the end of the day, I want you to understand that I understand your viewpoint and that there is no right or wrong here. It's just my experience based on the information I've collected and my life story. And you just have to do your best to synthesize what I say and apply what makes sense to you. So what I've noticed with COVID, a huge reason 
why I feel like it's become this very polarizing, divisive thing is almost because politics and identity politics have blended into this medical system where I've noticed a trend. Generally speaking, especially within the vegan movement, vegans can be very, very compassionate people. They're, they're often very empathic. And typically what I find is that many vegans tend to be quite liberal, so quite democratic-leaning. And many, for instance, like hunters or you know, special forces, military operators, that type of thing, they tend to be more libertarian, some more conservative. What I've noticed is that there's almost this blend of politics with quote-unquote science now, where people who are vegan or people who are liberal inclined tend to also be pro-mask wearing and pro-vaccine, and in some instances, pro-mandating those things. In part, partly because I think that with Joe Biden and Fauci, these people that are this person's this person's candidate, you know, this this democratic candidate, they are encouraging that we do these things. Right? So obviously if your candidate is encouraging we do these things, and back in New Zealand, for example, the Labour Prime Minister Jacinda Ahern is the same. She is a socialist and she is encouraging that we do these things. And so people who support that paradigm will tend to fall in line with that set of beliefs. And that's been challenging for me because as a vegan, as someone who's an ethical vegan and doing this for you know health reasons, all the reasons, I find myself almost on an island by myself in many ways where there are some vegans who don't align with this view of mandates, but it's not common. It's not a common thing. And then at, conversely, I'm finding myself... Uh, aligning or having many overlapping views that are similar to people who are hunters and fishermen and and of that nature from a perspective of freedom libertarian sort of views where hey you you wear the mask you get the vaccine do what you want right like if if you want to get if you want to wear two masks if you want to get the booster shots you you do that right you do what you feel is good for you but but do not tread on me do not tread on me do not even for a second, think that you have the right to tell me what I should be doing. And that's really, I think, where this conflict is heading around bodily autonomy and also the sense of control and what is best for the quote-unquote greater good, right? And so typically you'll find that there's these two camps of people, generally speaking, and the people who are, generally speaking, uh, anti-mandates, at least, tend to be more conservative or right-leaning, you do have a third group of people who maybe got the vaccine, but they're not in support of the mandates. They're like, you know what? I want to get it. I want to do my part. I want to you know, protect people that you know are in my family, but I don't think that it should be mandated. I think that's a very slippery totalitarian slope that we are walking on because once you open that door, it's like Pandora's box. It reminds me of this this line that 
if a government is willing to break laws in an emergency, they will create emergencies to break laws. And I believe that in many ways, this is what we're seeing happen with multiple variants arising and constant this this constant hamster wheel of opening up lockdowns, booster shots, opening up lockdowns, booster shots, new variants, this hamster wheel of rotation that we seem to be on where the carrots on the stick and the goalposts just continue to move. And I just want to pose a bunch of questions to you in this podcast. This is not me saying there is something malicious here. This is me just genuinely asking questions. Why are some of these things not being addressed? And the truth doesn't mind being probed. The truth doesn't mind being questioned. Lies and deception do. So let's take it from there. And and, and again, I'm going to tie this back into towards the end of this episode, I'm going to talk about how I've been getting my house in order physically, what I've been doing and some of the themes that are going to be in season three around getting as strong and fit and capable and resilient and cognitively sharp as you can to handle all the challenges that could be coming our way, all of them. So join this journey with me. So the first thing that I wanted to touch on was why is it that there is such an absence of discussion around reducing comorbidities that are often determining factors in the severity of COVID. Now, what I mean by this, in layman's terms, basically what I'm saying is comorbidities are things like obesity, high blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes, cancers, COPD. Vitamin D deficiency, for example, is a common one. Why is there no discussion from the health ministers and people who are in charge of public health as preventative measures and or lifestyle measures to help improve your immune system and your chance of reducing your severity with COVID. For instance, why is why are the officials not instructing everyone to be getting adequate vitamin D exposure and or supplementing with vitamin D plus K2 as a part of a routine? Why are we not incentivizing people to eat a healthy whole food plant-based diet to eliminate diabetes and bring that bring down blood pressure and reduce all of these other comorbidities why are we not encouraging people to get out and exercise and in fact we've done the opposite we've told people to stay home and do nothing and people are just sedentary at home alcohol sales have gone through the roof and places like mcdonald's and dunkin donuts have been incentivizing people to get the vaccine so not only haven't we been having a discussion about how do you improve your body? It's this terrain theory around with viral loads, how can you improve the terrain rather than just trying to put chemicals into our body, right? Now, it's not going to guarantee that you won't get sick and you won't get it, but give yourself a fighting chance. Why is there no discussion on that whatsoever? Why do the talking heads like Fauci not discuss any of this? Why do they not get an expert on who doesn't discuss any of this? Why is this stuff not being talked about at all? So that's the first huge red flag for me, is that these things are not being discussed in any way, shape or form. But then we're told to trust the experts. 
the fact that there's these absence of discussions taking place, not taking place, that creates an element of distrust. I think a big reason why there are so many people hesitant to comply with any of this is it's representative of the mistrust that we have in government, that we have in these so-called experts, because people are not stupid. People are seeing the mass censorship. They're seeing people being deplatformed from social media. They're seeing these these other experts, virologists, cardiologists, very well-versed, knowledgeable people who are challenging the status quo, saying that we shouldn't be doing this, this, and this, and they're being censored and deplatformed. And people see that, and, and it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me. And I want to share this with you because... When COVID first happened, I didn't know what this was going to be. I didn't know that if this was going to be some type of airborne Ebola where people are bleeding out of every orifice. It was, it was scary. I think all of us, I think it's safe to say that none of us really knew what this was. And most people were really scared. I went out and I'd got respirators. I got all kinds of things in January before it really hit in the US in March. And I was one of those people who had posted on social media saying, hey guys, stay home. Don't be a, I said, don't be a COVID idiot. <laughs> a COVID idiot, right? I'm, I'm like, we were heading to a family's house to visit and I could see tons of people in the car park at Home Depot, for example. And I'm thinking to myself, look at all these people. Everyone's just out like in a bow, like without a care in the world. And at the time I went on and, and I was I was mad. I was like, Look at all these like careless people, like do your part, stay home. Do you want to make this worse? And that was my perspective. And so I share this with you as someone who's changed their mind. How often do you change your mind about things? That's my question to you, because very often what you find is that most people don't really change their mind about anything. You probably started this pandemic with a certain belief and it's probably magnified as you've gone on based on whether you're in whatever science you've consumed. I mean, the fact that I used to be a butcher and now I'm vegan is an example that I could change my mind. So, and the reason why I share this with you isn't to brag and say, look at me or, or, or even say like, I, I'm flip, I'm a flip flopper. It's more to say that I can critique my own thoughts and I'm very good at stepping back and saying, is there holes in this way of thinking? I use the scientific method to try and invalidate what I'm thinking about. And if, I do, then I pivot and, I, and I'm humble about that. I'm not going to continue down the same path just because I've sacrificed something already. That's a very slippery slope that we're on. And I want to talk about this from this perspective of this, what the psychologist calls mass formation, where once people have already sacrificed aspects of their life, whether they've just stayed home and, and lost connection with their family or they're getting the vaccine to do it for other people, once they've sacrificed a bunch of things, they're more likely to continue sacrificing, thinking it's this noble thing, even in the face of contrary science. And they'll continue down that path because they don't want to feel like their suffering and their loss was in vain or it wasn't for anything or they were fooled or misconceived, right? So you've got to ask yourself these things. And I want to be very clear. Again, I don't care what you do with your body if you want to get the vaccine go for it if you want to wear masks go for it but 
I have a massive issue when un- clearly unhealthy politicians get up on the podium and try and tell people who focus on have focused on health for years what they should be doing with their health, right? It doesn't fly with me. And I use a litmus test. Whose opinions am I going to take on board? How do I know whose opinion is invalid or valid? Well, if you do not have good blood work, optimal blood work, and a medication-free, and you eat a, and you don't eat a 100% clean diet, and you don't have a clean water filtration system, and you don't exercise regularly, and you have a suboptimal level of body fat, and you have health problems, I'm not going to be taking my health advice from you, period. And that's just, that's just the truth. And that litmus test allows me to invalidate most people. I don't need to be told what I should be doing with my health from someone who really doesn't truly care about the health. If you're eating fast food and you're drinking and you're doing all these other things, don't try to tell me that you really care about your health because you can't cherry pick when it matters, right? You cannot cherry pick when it matters. And this is what people do. And so have a look at if you were doing that to people, analyze that and truly take an assessment on that. And maybe you need to get in alignment and get truly healthy, right? Maybe that's your call to action from this podcast. Now, another reason, another question that I often have come to my mind is, why is it that big pharma, for example, when I say big pharma, we can talk about Pfizer or Moderna or BioNTech or any of these other companies. Just one example, Pfizer, for example, has over $3 billion in criminal fines for fraud and deception. Did you know that? Did you know that they've been fined over $3 billion, with a B, billion dollars in criminal fines for fraud and deception? That's lying. Why would I trust anything that they have to tell me? Why would I trust anything that they have to tell me? As a matter of fact, did you know that many of the people that work in high-ranking positions in these pharmaceutical companies also have this revolving door policy with the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, where very often high-ranking officials in these companies will then get high-ranking positions within the FDA. You cannot tell me that's a conflict of interest. Again, I don't trust any of that. That just sets off red flags for me from the beginning. That's just me. Maybe you believe it, but I don't. What makes it worse is that did you know that these companies, these vaccine companies, are immune from prosecution? What this means is that if you have the vaccine and you have an adverse event that you can definitively conclude was caused by the vaccine and you die, your family can't even prosecute the vaccine company and hold them criminally liable. Sure, you might get some type of payment from some type of fund, but they are protected. They're protected. And again, that is a huge red flag for me. That would be like you getting buying a vehicle and the car vehicle manufacturers were immune from prosecution, where they don't have to test the airbag safety for long-term data. They don't have to test their brake pad safety for long-term data. And that you're in a car wreck and you paralyze yourself and that and there's nothing that you can do. 
how confident would you be riding driving in a vehicle like that if you knew that there was no long-term safety data that was definitively tested and that they were immune from you actually prosecuting them that are the type of questions that stack up with me and make me very very uncomfortable with all of this beyond that why are people reporting serious adverse events and they're being censored just for from factually sharing their story so whether it is a young 20 something year old who got myocarditis and his heart rate was at 180 and he basically had a heart attack which has happened by the way why is it that these people when they share the facts of their story are being censored on social media why if science was truly taking place we would be trying to invalidate and look for all the errors in what's happening we would why don't we have a panel of top psychologists a panel of top financial advisors a panel of top virologists that all look at the data in different areas and figure out what is the cost analysis or the risk to reward ratio of doing each thing so from a perspective of making our children wear masks from us from the psychological data they, they gather what are the long-term detriments of that on our children from an emotional intelligence perspective do behavioral issues change what are we creating are we creating a generation of sociopaths because these children cannot read facial cues that's the question i have is there any of this type of data or analysis taking place none of this stuff's taking place there is no attempt to quantify the collateral damage that is taking place from these COVID measures. And that to me is another red flag. I'm like, if they truly cared about what was taking place, there would be experts deeply assessing every variable in place to measure what is happening. Alcohol sales going through the roof, domestic violence going through the roof, suicide rates going through the roof. What is the social effect that this is have, having? Right. But is that even taking place? That's just being ignored. Right. It's being ignored. And again, the truth doesn't mind being challenged. The truth should not be mind being challenged, but lies do. So then you've got to ask yourself, why is this such an effort to suppress everything? Now, some people might say, well, it's just because there's so much misinformation out there that people are getting confused and then they're becoming hesitant. And I understand that on the other end of this spectrum, you might have this QAnon stuff where people thought Trump was paying, playing four ch 40 chess. I don't think he was playing 40 chess. I don't think there is some covert agenda as much as people think. But I do think there could be malicious intent in certain areas when it comes to making money, when it comes to certain individuals' motives. I do think there are people who are trying to capitalize on what is taking place. But at the same time, I'm very aware of both ends of the spectrum, right? And that's one of the challenges that people face is that straight away, if you are hesitant with this vaccine or you don't like the idea of any of this, you're labeled as an anti-vaxxer and then straight away you're just thrown into this bucket as like being a trumper or a MAGA, a dumb redneck, right? I would argue that many people who are hesitant about this are highly intelligent individuals who have done a lot of research. 
and the media has done a very good job at creating this avatar of what they think they should look like and then it just gets plastered everywhere as a misinformed dumbass basically that's not the truth i consider myself very well researched and i've spent a long time trying to understand all this and i don't have all the answers but there's a lot of things that don't add up we definitely live in this day and age now where science has become more of a scientism and conversations are now more geared around this sort of PR slash propaganda feel where anyone who challenges the narrative is labeled as an anti-vaxxer and a kook and a tinfoil hat wearing nut job. And then there's lines like, do your part. We're all in this together. You know, I do this for the vulnerable. And people genuinely believe that. The people who do this for the vulnerable genuinely believe they do this for the vulnerable. The people, some people genuinely think we are all in this together. And this is part of this mass formation that I want to talk about shortly, which is taking place. And it's, in many ways, from my understanding, a form of mass hypnosis, where if there's the right ingredients, this mass hypnosis takes place where people really start to lose touch of objectivity and they can be spoon fed anything. And their levels of, I guess, the degree of how gullible they are increases and they can't see it. They think they're woke. And, and many doctors fall into this category. I've seen a number of vegan doctors who really have come out as almost like woke culture. And they really talk down to anyone who challenges the narrative. And if anything, it just reinforces the opposition even more. You're never going to get through to people by basically telling them they're an idiot, right? When has that ever worked? And I think that we should be having open discussions about these things. And another question that I have is that recently, and this has not been shared on mainstream media, recently the courts here in America put forward that the FDA and Pfizer must release preliminary findings that they had gathered on their vaccine trials. And the FDA and Pfizer try to encourage the courts to delay the findings to be released till 2055. Why on earth would any company that doesn't have something to hide or is fully transparent or who wants an open debate about the science try to block and seal their findings till 2055? Why? You just need to literally just ask that question and give me an honest answer for that. Do you even ha is there an honest, genuine, logical answer? You can't say it's to protect people, because if the tr science is so trustworthy, it should be able to withstand scrutiny. It should be able to withstand scrutiny. Did you know that there was tons of adverse events in their findings? Hundreds and hundreds of people died and thousands and thousands of adverse events. And that's just from their findings in the first 90 days. That's not including thousands upon thousands of deaths that have been recorded through the VAERS system. And people talk about VAERS, oh, like anyone can go on VAERS and just report something. But from my understanding, and again, I'm not an expert, <clears throat> but from my understanding, when a doctor reports something on VAERS, they have to report all kinds of details, like the, the vaccine batch, 
all kinds of stuff that really validates the person's circumstances. And you can go to prison if you're found to be lying. Thousands, over 10,000, thousands of people have died from this vaccine. And apparently VAERS is massively underreported. And this is not including other adverse events like myocarditis, people having heart attacks, young people having heart attacks, which is not being talked about in the mainstream media. Now, I'm not saying that the vaccine directly causes all these things. I don't know. But what I'm saying is, why is there no open discussion about this? Why are people not investigating this actively and saying, we need to figure out if this thing's actually safe, rather than just giving people more booster shots? Again, huge red flag. Huge red flag. But we're told to trust the experts. But then it's like, what experts do we trust? Because there's experts on the other side of the fence who are saying this thing's super dangerous. We shouldn't be doing this. There's, it's unconstitutional. It's unethical to be mandating any of these things. But they're experts as well. So people say trust the science or follow the experts, but they want you to trust their science and follow their experts. That's really what they're telling you to do. What they're really telling you to do is th think like me. Don't think like you. Think like me. How is that not psychological warfare? And some people don't even know that they do it. They think they're, they're woke. They think they're hyper-intelligent, that everyone else is a dumbass, right? And that, oh, this person's just an idiot. They're just a MAGA idiot. And, I, and, I, and I'm up to date on all the science. Are you? Do you actually take your health seriously? Because like I was saying, if your blood work is not optimal and you don't eat a 100% purely clean diet and you're not fully in check, don't tell me that you take your health seriously. Don't cherry pick when you take your health seriously, right? And it comes back to this theme of get your house in order. So I've seen these things unfold, right, over time. These many questions that have happened. And it's really made me wonder, like, what is happening in the world? Where are we going? Where is, where is society moving to, right? And some people talk about this concept of transhumanism, where technology is really merging with, with humans in a way that will have these digital identities, these digital passports, everything is going to be on the blockchain. You know, you're starting to see it happen with QR codes in New Zealand, for example, my home country, QR codes to scan when you go into different places, vaccine passports, which will eventually be part of like your digital identity. And it is very concerning to me that there's this feeling like the noose is tightening and people are starting to be locked out of the system. They might say, oh, well, you don't, you, you have a choice. You don't have to get it, but you just lose all your rights to do anything. And it's very, very troubling to me that any leader or politician in the Western world can even be on board with that. And to how so many people through this seeming mass hypnosis are going along with this thinking that this is the normal rational thing to do and so the thing that the theme that i want to share with you here <clears throat> is we must connect to a paradigm outside this current system right so that's why i think there's a sort of resurgence for people moving moving to rural pieces of land learning how to garden and horticulture and learning how to be self-sustained and you know grow their own food and get their own water and generate their own power and all these things. There is this paradigm that is outside of this current system. And I encourage you to explore that because I think at a certain point, 
the system is going to become more and more constrained. And if you don't start getting your house in order now, and it starts by you getting to the, be the healthiest version of yourself, you can have all the guns and all the ammo and all the knives and all the medical supplies you want. But if you're obese or you're out of shape and you're under pressure and stress, you're going to have a heart attack and you're not going to be good to anyone. So before you start stockpiling and doing all these other things, you've got to ask yourself, are you truly healthy yet? Have you got your physical house in order? Because if you haven't, that's where you should be beginning. Don't solve problems out of order. Get your physical house in shape first. You can do the other things alongside that, but you should be working on your health 100%. And so <clears throat> I have this, I have these questions, you know, where I ask myself, you know, when these kids are being told to wear masks and you're going to mask up and do your part and all these things, right? I ask myself, what are the long-term emotional effects of children wearing masks and having people wearing nothing but masks around them all the time? Do we even understand that? What is the psychological effect of that? Is that going to create a higher degree of uh, psychopathy? Um, are we generating more sociopaths, people who have no emotional resonance or intelligence? Are we going to see violent crimes increase, rapes and abuse and all these other things increase as a byproduct of us of these measures are we even measuring these things or are we just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks because that seems to be what is happening and again i'm not an expert but this is my intuition based on what i'm seeing and why are certain doctors promoting this vaccine from a medical from an ethical medical standpoint doctors are meant to be neutral they're meant, you don't see doctors out there jamming metformin down people's throats to help prevent diabetes. You don't see doctors out there jamming chemotherapy down people's throats. Doctors are meant to be neutral. They're not meant to be propagandizing or promoting a vaccine. And But yet we live in this society where every second doctor on Instagram is pushing people to get the jab. That just doesn't sit well with me. Now, I understand their intention. They truly think that this is the right thing to do and they're trying to share their knowledge to get people on board and help calm their nerves. But it sends up a red flag for me that why, why have we never done this before and now this is taking place? Why are celebrities posting pictures of themselves getting the jab? When have we ever done that in history? Why are all these filters popping up on social media telling people that you got the jab? When have we ever done this in history? This to me smells and looks like mass propaganda more than anything. And I think a lot of people don't even know that they're implicit in it because of this mass hypnosis that people are under through the mainstream media, the narrative, and just constant repetition of anxiety and fear. This professor, the psychologist, his name is Matthias Desmet. He talks about this concept called mass formation. And basically, we've seen this in history before, where there's certain certain ingredients or certain variables that have to come together to create this, what's called a mass formation, where there has to be real disconnect, real disconnect with humans, just people feeling very, very discontent and lonely, detached from their work, detached from other people. And it's obvious that even before COVID, that was really high. With social media, it's been amplified. And 
alongside that, there has to be what's called free-floating anxiety. Now, free-floating anxiety is basically just this generalized anxiety. Everyone's always on edge. Like, when is the next variant going to arise? When is the next surge in cases going to arise? There's constant triggers all over mainstream media constantly driving this fear narrative. And so this free-floating anxiety exists with us constantly. The other variable is free-floating anger. So people will start to feel more irritable and angry about everything, just about their situation, their financial situation, the lockdowns, they can't see their friends anymore, their gyms are closed, like everything's pissing them off. And there's not one specific thing why they don't really know like with the one specific thing it's it's a multitude of things this free floating anger and this combination of free floating anxiety is then given a face and it's directed at a target now the target is usually the per the thing to blame the person to blame back in salem it was the women who were considered witches they went on witch hunts in some towns, they literally almost killed every single female in the town. It got to that fever pitch where rationality had completely gone out the window and almost every single woman was murdered. And we've seen this again in history with Soviet Russia under Stalin. And we've seen this in Nazi Germany with Adolf Hitler and the Jews. These instances where, where mass formation takes place, where the person's anxiety and anger is given a face. In this instance, many would argue that the media is really making the unvaccinated the face of that aggression. It's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Unvaccinated people have been called domestic terrorists. I've seen on social media people blaming unvaccinated people for the reasons why the lockdowns were taking place. We're not opening back up because no, you, you, you unvaccinated people are not getting vaccinated. They're not thinking about the fact that, they're not questioning the fact that were the lockdowns appropriate in the first place? And if they weren't, then it's actually the government's fault. It's not the unvaccinated person's fault. It's the government for imposing these unfounded measures in the first place. And so people's attention is being directed at the wrong target yet this is what happens and you have about 30 percent of the population who genuinely believes this who thinks that the mandates are the way to go that the lockdowns were good that the vaccines are good the masks are good everything is good and they're very vocal about it they post all the time on social media then you have about 40 percent of the population who are in the middle they're unsure they're kind of like well i don't really know but i don't want to rock the boat I don't, want, I don't want to like cause rifts and, and, have, and have challenges with people. And so they'll often go along with the first 30% just because. They literally just go along with the herd just because. And then you have the other 20 or 30%, which is the people that this sort of mass hypnosis did not work on, this mass formation did not work on, and they are the targets. They are the ones that get demonized. They're the ones that get labeled the second-class citizens. Can you see what is happening here, guys? Now, you might say that that's an extreme analogy comparing all of these things, but can you understand the psychological mechanisms taking place here? And that it's not a far cry to say that this is where we're heading again if we do not start to speak. And that's part of why I'm doing this podcast, because obviously I don't want to have conflict. I'm a, I'm a busy person. I have a daughter, a, a wife. I don't want to be spending my time arguing with people. 
but I have a duty and an obligation to share my truth and to let you know that you are not alone if you feel this way. If you have been feeling like this, you are not alone. In fact, I would argue you're part of a majority of people that are probably quite quiet right now and not really sure how to act. But that's why this episode and this season will be so important to you and why you need to get your house in order. I ask questions. Again, like, like this whole podcast is just me asking questions, genuine questions, right? Again, I'm not an expert, but I'm someone who researches. I'm a student. If the jab actually worked, it actually worked, then why do I need it? If the jab worked for you, then why do I need it? Therefore, if it doesn't work, then why would it need to be mandated? Use deductive reasoning there. If the jab actually worked for you and it protected you, then why do I need it? Therefore, if you're saying that I need it, you're saying that it doesn't work. Therefore, if you say it doesn't work, then why does it need to be mandated? It doesn't make sense, guys. This does not make sense. And I'm not here to say that the jab does or doesn't work, but I'm saying that you've got to ask questions when people who have had been double vaccinated and they're still contracting COVID and people are still dying with the vaccine. And you might say, well, it reduces your, your chances of dying. Well, that should be my choice. That's where the lifestyle factors come in. That's my choice. I should not be forced to do this if it's not something that is going to truly 100% foolproof protect me. Let me make that decision. That's the biggest problem we have, guys. The Nuremberg Code, after World War II in Nazi Germany, talks about this, that people cannot be subject to mandated medical experiments. Yet this is what is taking place. Some of these countries and some of these governments are literally breaching the Nuremberg Code. And it's probably under, quote-unquote, emergency what did I say at the start? Governments that will break laws during an emergency will create emergencies to break laws. And you've got to be able to step back and see that. And I'm saying this as someone who, I have a unique perspective because I'm someone who has traveled through New Zealand, which was sort of labeled, labeled the utopia and the safe haven against COVID. And I traveled through there for six months while there was no COVID. I would rather be here in America and some of these states that are open in America. Honestly based on what I'm seeing. And I have a very unique perspective because most New Zealanders have not left New Zealand since COVID happened. So they have no idea what it, the outside world is like. And many people who are watching it on the news have no idea what New Zealand is like right now. And I'm telling you, I don't want to be there. I would rather be here. America, some of these states in America, in my opinion, are some of the last free, truly free places in the world or as free as they can be under the constitution. And I wonder, you know, with all these boosters and all these cycles of lockdowns, opening up new variants, boosters, there's a third booster, there's a fourth booster. You've got to start to wonder, guys, and maybe you've listened, you're listening to this and you've had the vaccine and you're starting to wonder, like, should I even get the boosters? Pay attention to that intuition. Just because you've had it now doesn't mean you need to have this pride of continuing to get them. The third booster, the fourth booster, the fifth booster you become this never this participant in this never-ending pharmaceutical subscription for life. And you don't even actually know if it works. And there's no long-term safety data on it. No long-term safety data. 
You're part of the medical experiment. And I have a huge problem with that. Again, I am not here to tell you what you should be doing. But I think mandating any of these things is a very, very dangerous slope. Did you know that people in New Zealand, for example, can't even now get a learner's driver's license without being fully vaccinated? So they're going to start locking people further and further out of the system. I know personally people who are fleeing the country because now they've lost their job and they're basically being put in this noose where they have nowhere to go and they're literally leaving the country. Literally. How is that not wrong? How is that not wrong? And people can sit back and say, well, you know, if they want to have all the the perks and benefits of participating in society, can you not see that this is creating a second-class citizen of people that is going to be persecuted and blamed and they're suffering? It's dehumanizing people. That's part of this problem, all of this is dehumanizing human beings and not seeing them as a person with real fears and concerns. And this is one of the biggest issues that I think we have as humans. And there's this narrative that if someone gets sick and they weren't vaccinated, it's because they weren't vaccinated. Yet if someone is double jabbed and they get sick, oh, they need another booster shot. Can you see here how there's a sort of revolving door of excuses right it's there's never oh like maybe we need to reassess everything we're doing here but trust the science again trust the science that propaganda guys that that those taglines you know people will say laws are in place to protect us like seat belts right oh like everyone has to put on their seatbelt when they're driving in the vehicle yeah but you can take your seatbelt off guys you don't have long-term repercussions of wearing a seatbelt like getting myocarditis. Once you get the jab, it's in you. You can take your seatbelt off whenever you want. You don't get locked out of the system for not wearing a seatbelt. You don't get locked out of the system for not wearing a seatbelt. There's a huge, huge difference. And you've got to start seeing this because for the people that think this is okay, it's going to be okay till a mandate crosses one of your boundaries. And then by that point, it's going to be too late. And you're going to be that frog that's boiling in the totalitarian water. Trust me, that's what is going to happen. I have a hard line in the sand. And this is going to make some of you guys go, wow, Fraser's crazy. You know, you do what you want to do for you. But make no mistake, guys. I will not comply with any of this. Even if it means that I never fly back to New Zealand to see my family again, so be it. As, as much as that hurts me, and trust me, I've shed a few tears over it, knowing that when I hugged my family in New Zealand, I had a thought in the back of my head, because I'm very aware of potentially where we're going in the world. And I wondered, is this going to be the last time I see them? And part of me wonders, but I will re- adamantly refuse and not comply for any mandates. If it means that I have to go back, then I won't. That's where I draw the line in my sa- in the sand. Because for me, that matters. That matters more than anything. And so what do we do? What do we do from here? Well, we prepare, right? You get your house in order. Like I said, connect to a paradigm outside of this current system that you're observing. This current system of mandates and requirements and all these rings of fire that you have to jump through to just be a human being. 
you know, look at ways to get some rural land or move into a rural town? Can you start building an online business? What are you good at? Are you good at making earrings? Are you good at baking? Can you start a YouTube channel? Can you start an Etsy store? What are you good at? Turn that into an online business so you can digital digitalize part of your income and you're not bound by a physical location or an employer who's trying to mandate this on you. Get to a rural setting where you can grow your own food and you can have some orchards and get medical supplies, get ammunition, get some firearms, get some firearm training, get books, field manuals, medical field manual books, books on how to garden on horticulture, books on how to grow fruit in orchards, books on survival, all these things. So if the power goes out or you don't have connectivity or for whatever reason, you have these tools, right? Like, and this is just basic stuff. These are the types of things that would be good to have regardless because that way you're a warrior in a garden, not a gardener in a war. And you might never need half these things, but they're probably good things to learn about, right? We're connecting back to the nature in the world. And so you need to root yourself in a paradigm that is outside of this matrix that we are observing. And part of that comes back to getting healthy. Like that's why I think you really, really need to focus on optimizing your health. Lose the weight, improve your digestion, improve your brain chemistry, clean up your diet, eliminate the alcohol, eliminate the processed foods, get really serious about your health and about your training, improve your heart rate variability, improve your resting heart rate, all these metrics that show how metabolically and immunologically resilient you can be under any situation, right? You need to become that leader. If you're listening to this, this is the call to action for you guys. Build a plan, right? Learn about investing. Learn about what is happening in the financial system with inflation. Learn about how to invest. Learn about how to save. Learn about how to clear your debt. Learn about what you should be investing in. Invest in yourself. You are your number one asset. But all of these things tie together. If you can homeschool your children, homeschool your kids. Get them out of the the woke culture system. So fundamentally important. For me, I'm creating mechanisms by which I don't have to be dependent on anything. So we're going to have a gym, we're going to have our garden, we're going to have a beautiful kitchen. We'll do YouTube videos of training in our gym, of recipes in the kitchen. We'll grow our YouTube channel. We will work on coaching our clients remotely. We'll have immersions where they come in and do in-house trainings with us. All of these things outside of the system. You've got to start recognizing that this is where you need to be moving unless the, unless you want the noose to completely tighten around your neck. Support businesses that do not comply and will not support medical apartheids. For example, in New Zealand, a medical apartheid is literally taking place where there's a traffic light system where if you are not vaccinated and up to date with booster shots, you are starting to get locked out of the system. That, my friends, is a medical apartheid. They are creating a second-class citizen through mass hypnosis. And when have we seen the creation of second-class citizens in history? And how did that end? And people will always say, oh, well, it's, it's not like that this time. This time it's different. It's a pandemic. There was always what was perceived to be an urgent situation that preceded all of these kinds of atrocities. Always. Humans cannot see it when you're in it. 
maybe this podcast will help break that pattern that you are in of that mass formation that most people are in. I've had too many red flags fly up for me that make me very uncomfortable with where we are heading, guys. So remember this, vote with your dollars. Support businesses that support being mandate-free. Support them. It is imperative, right? Support us. Support other businesses that revolve around this. Remember, you need to get your house in order because at some point, and this is just the truth, if you don't get truly healthy and lose the weight and get off the medications and clean your life up, at some point, you're going to be a burden on your family. Whether it's next year or in 20 years time, you're going to be having comorbidities and diseases that impact your life so much that your children have to look after you too much, too early. Part of why I do this is because I don't want to be a burden on my family or I want to minimize that as much as I can. So that's an obligation to you. You should owe your family that. Honor that. Honor yourself. And remember, control what you can control. Doing all of these things, optimizing your health is no guarantee that you won't get sick, but control what you control, can control and be smart about what you do. You know, I definitely think that COVID is something to be wary of. I know people who have had it and felt like shit. And I know people who have had it and barely felt anything. So I'm not here to say and to diminish the severity of it, but I'm here to pose questions around mandates and around what I'm witnessing. And is the cure more detrimental than the disease? And you've got to really, really, truly probe into that. Because from what I'm seeing across the board, it's very obvious now. And people will say things like, well, just trust the experts. Trust the experts. It's a common thing. You're not an expert. I trust the experts. Let me tell you a quick story. Back in my teens, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, severe social anxiety, ADHD. I was on a raft of medications for 10 years. I was on lithium carbonate. I had to get blood work done every week to make sure that my levels in my system weren't toxic. And I was told by psychiatrists, experts, and this is nothing against them. This is just genuinely what happened. I have nothing, no ill will against these people, but this is just what they believed. And this is just from an expert's mouth. I was told that this is basically my life. I will be on these medications for the rest of my life. I will have these diagnoses for the rest of my life. And I just have to live with it. Learn to live with it. Kind of like learning to live with COVID, right? Just going to learn to live with this. Trust the expert. And fast forward 15 years, I've now been medication free for over 10 years. And I truly believe that those diagnoses that I got are not inherently true in me anymore. I think at a certain point they were, but I literally think that I was able to heal myself. Now, I'm not here to brag and say that I'm bulletproof or that I'm just you know, callously just going to never trust experts. Of course, I'll listen to people. But it doesn't mean that I'm just going to follow their direction blindly. And that is a good example of had I just trusted the experts, I would still be heavily medicated now, probably still suffering through immense mental health problems. Because there was never any discussion back then for me about my health and diet and lifestyle. It was just medication. And that, my friend, is why I have these reservations about when people say just trust the experts because I've been through a situation where that wasn't true 
and I became the expert in myself. I became the researcher and the student in myself, and I trusted my intuition and my deductive reasoning, and I came to conclusions myself. So when people tell me to trust the experts, no, I'm not going to blindly trust anyone. I'm going to trust myself and my intuition. You can do what you want. But again, that sort of belittling and that form of propaganda of trying to coerce people into doing something by making them feel like an idiot, it's not good. You know, the CIA coined the term conspiracy theorist as a, as a control mechanism by which you could use this term to control a portion of the population who didn't believe a mainstream narrative. Think about this from a biological perspective. Humans have a need to feel like they're part of a tribe. And if they're feeling like they're being ostracized from the tribe, that fear of being ostracized is very, very fearful for people. They will almost do anything. They will conform to avoid that, that being objected, basically ejected from the tribe. They will conform in exchange for being not being ejected from a tribe. And so terms like conspiracy theorist, anti-vaxxer, all these different things thrown around, they are forms of psychological warfare. It's forms of coercion and verbal manipulation to try and make people question their intuition and make people feel like they're a stupid idiot and that somehow this woke person saying it is in the know and that they, they're more science-based than someone else. But I can argue that I've, I've seen numerous interviews from very well-declarated virologists and immunologists and cardiologists who would completely challenge the mainstream narrative. So, but trust the expert, right? So again, you've got to really start to ask questions and be like, what is going on here? Where is the open debate? I don't know who's right or wrong, but I'm saying that the fact that there is no open debate is very, very concerning. You know, guys, it takes courage to stand up. It's taken me courage to share this because I recognize that there's many people that I used to align with within the vegan movement who I've seen posting pictures of themselves getting the vaccine on social media. I've seen people really encouraging it, pushing it. And again, that's just their prerogative. That's just the journey that they are on. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but I don't like that undertone of propaganda that I'm feeling from the masses, especially driven by mainstream media, that this is normal. And especially when things start to be mandated, that is a huge cause of concern. So you have an obligation. If you, if you resonate with any of this and you feel like, hey, there's so many unanswered questions here. Why are these things not being discussed? That you need to share that and you need to find your paradigm outside of this matrix and you need to get your house in order and you need to focus on getting yourself healthy first. Because if you're dependent on a bunch of medications and you're fat and you're diseased and you're sick and you're tired all the time, you're not going to be able to do any of these other things well. And you're not going to have the mental bandwidth to be able to cope under pressure and stress to make fast decisions and handle a lot of moving pieces. That's what I teach my students now. I'm teaching them how to navigate life and how to challenge themselves and, find, and pivot through smart nutrition, through smart training and changing their mindset, having a reframe mindset, a growth mindset, and all these different things. But the fundamental take-home point is this. I will not comply. It doesn't matter if you want me to. I won't. I will lay down my life for my family before I comply. I will never travel again before I comply. And that's just me. 
And I came from a place where I was at the other end of the spectrum. And if anything I've said in any of these episodes over the last 50 plus episodes has resonated with you, question your own beliefs. If you're hearing this and you're like, man, Fraser sounds crazy. He sounds like a, a crazy mega person, a conspiracy theorist. You've got to ask yourself, is there any validity to what I'm saying? Can you answer these questions? These questions that I've put forward, can you answer them? Because if you can't answer them and they're not being answered by in public forums, why is that? Why is that, my friend? That is a huge problem. We are in very unique times. I think that it's very important that you surround yourself with people who understand the journey that you are on. You are not alone. Don't allow yourself to be isolated. And if you are someone who has maybe had the vaccine and now you're really starting to second guess it, pay attention to that intuition and just start learning. It's never too late to change what you're thinking. And I'm not here to tell you to not do it. I'm just here to say, pay attention to that intuition. And if you think what I'm saying is wrong and crazy, answer those questions for me openly and honestly, because I guarantee you're not going to be able to answer all of them. And the fact that there's all those elephants in the room and those missing pieces and those red flags, that is a huge concern to me. So for me, freedom is fundamentally important. And, I'll, and, and I say this to people, you know, your health is not my responsibility and my health is not your responsibility. I don't do this for anyone else. I'm not going to be coerced. You know, someone's like, oh, I do this for the vulnerable. I do this for the grandmas. I understand that you can do that for those reasons, and I respect that, but I'm not going to do it for those reasons. I don't do this for my family. I don't do this for my daughter. I don't do this for my future. And I don't do this for other people who might feel lonely and need solidarity. So you can understand that I'm, doing, I'm not doing this for exactly the same reasons. So that's my choice. I don't care what you do, but we have huge problems when you think that everyone should comply with what you think is right. And that's where we're at in history and society, guys. So draw your line in the sand. Be a warrior in a garden rather than a gardener in a war. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Veg Up podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes go live. Please leave us a review and share this on social media. Tag me. Let me know what helped you. Let me know what you want to hear more of. Let's get this information out to the world. Help me do that. And be sure to email us over at Fraser at EvolvingAlpha.com for coaching options and mentorship. Because if you want growth, it begins here, my friend.